so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Marseille View. We're coming to you with just about, just under an hour uh, late because of, of some brilliant uh, IT problems on my end and uh, knowing how much of an expert I am at IT, probably a very simple problem, I was never, never able to fix it so I had to like uninstall OBS, reinstall it and finally we're back. But today we have a big episode. Um, I kind of prefaced it last week. We had a big week. We played Leon a midweek, and we played Lille, who was fourth, fourth place and could potentially um, come back to six points in in the table. But Marseille pulled out a thriller of a game yesterday, um, beating Lille two one, scoring two goals in two minutes from probably the most unlikely scorers um, that anyone could have thought of. I mean. We probably thought Sertic would have scored for Marseille earlier than German and, and, and Adedbo did. Um, but anyway, we're going to get into this game, we're going to go into uh, news around the club, talk a little bit about Rangier, about Tobin's recovery, because we have some news about him, um, discuss a little bit about when he'll be able to, to make his grand return for Marseille. And we'll get straight into that. So before we, we get into the game introductions, I'd like to introduce our two speakers. Uh, one of them is a, is a regular and the other one has, hasn't been on this podcast for at least at least a year now. Um, but we'll start yeah. with the regular. Uh, ben, how you doing? Very well, thank you. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I, I heard you had a, a rough night last night. <clears throat> well, I had a rough night because I'm... I, I, Stupidly bet one of our members that I would eat my shoe if Jamal scored a goal, and um, <laughs> he did. And well, even though the, the league hasn't given it to Jamal from what I've seen, but for me, he scored, and I, I had to eat my shoe, so I, I did sort of bite into my shoe. But it wasn't <laughs> very nice. So um, yeah, that 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 set a precedent, and then the uh, you know the result deserves to be celebrated. So um, yeah, <laughs> interesting night then, isn't it? Always. <laughs> right, and the, um, the second speaker, so like I said, he hasn't been on the, the podcast, at least for this, this season. Uh, it's probably one of the, the most prominent faces of the OM Nation movement in, in the US. Um, that's Arno, how are you doing? Fine, thank you very much for having me again. Yeah, it's our pleasure, our pleasure, man. How, how, how is the, how's the OM Nation going in, uh, in San Fran? Yeah, it's doing great. Uh, so yeah, I've created it about like three years ago. And uh, actually the last time we, we talked um, uh, over this podcast um, was after the, the US tour. And yeah, I was telling you about the, the, the experience. So it was just at the beginning of the season indeed. And, uh, and yes, it was a great moment for us to be able to, to meet the coach, the players, to, uh, to, to also win a trophy in the US. <laughs> the famous <laughs> and, EA, uh, EA League games. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's why today, um, so I created a, a messenger group and have about more than 50 
uh, web fans in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Oh wow! So yeah, that's that's great. And yeah, for every game that are like on Saturday or Sunday by uh, 12 p.m. here, so mostly yeah, the game at uh, 9 p.m. Uh, um, uh, first time. Uh, yeah, we, we gather and we are always like a, like a dozen. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. And yeah, yesterday uh, had new members coming, especially Pascal. Um, and he's, he's a very active listener of all these programs, and he he, he did uh, he did drive actually four hours. <laughs> he came from San Francisco, um, and yeah, he, he came to enjoy the game with us. And he has been in the US for like uh, 11 years, and he, he told me that he was uh, watching every game all by himself, listening to all the uh, programs he could you could think of, and still he was like alone in his uh, countryside in California. So he, he he was a great experience to have him. And uh, for the anecdote, he's a guy who created um, the um, uh, Reddit uh, page about Olympic de Marseille. So maybe there's some listeners about it because they, I don't know if Reddit is popular um, apart from the US, but uh, yeah, here it is. And there's actually yeah, so he has like few thousand um, um, members of his of his Reddit page and many also English content. So yeah, uh, I think uh, it would be great to to share. Uh, the the massive view on on, on Reddit if not been the case and yeah to to make some synergies. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, let's get straight into the Lille game. Um, we'll probably start with you, Arno, because we haven't had your opinion on on Marseille um, for the last the last few months, and I mean so much has been happening. I, I don't know if you listened to, to last week's podcast, but but we shared quite a lot of pessimism uh, heading into this week. We, we I mean I personally thought that that we would likely lose both games. Um, we did lose the Lyon game, and then up to the 65th minute, it did look like we were very much going to lose the Lille game as well. How did you come into this game? What were you expecting? And then what did you make out of this, this like how the game turned out? Yeah, I would love to, to, to make fun of you and say, hey, yeah, the, the Brits are always like uh, gloomy and whining, but <laughs> in, uh, in America we are more positive. But uh, indeed, yeah, it was. Uh, um, Pretty reserved, and indeed, yeah. Before the game against uh, Lille, um, I just thought that yeah, um, a draw, just yeah, a zero zero would be like a victory for us, and because of the distance that we have with with uh, with Lille and all other other teams, uh, yeah, just you know, not uh, not losing what was already expected to be a victory, especially without Payet, because yeah, I think he's making huge difference, and not playing without. Him, yeah, I didn't have much expectation, and yeah, even if obviously many competitors they say that Lille played very well in the first half, I think we were not ridiculous. Obviously, Mandanda made two saves that are like uh, fundamental. World the, class, absolutely world says. class. And uh, and yes, he he, he he kept us afloat, and uh, and still yeah, we he had some actions, and and without Payet, uh, I thought that the level of the game was not so much so bad for from us and um, but yes when we took a goal and then another one and yeah by surprise it was uh, we was rejected by uh, for fourth side uh, and then that we had penalty and that Roger misses I said okay that, that's uh, that's too bad but again um, because it's a great season and we have some advance in terms of points uh, I, it was not a big deal for me uh, so yeah, I was I was yeah pissed off for 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 missing the penalty and and the shot to come back. But uh, but yeah, it was it was not like in previous seasons when we were thinking oh yeah everything has to, to turn bad or something like that. 
No, I was, yeah, p- p- positive, yeah, even if we lose, it's not, not a big deal. And so that's why I think uh, seeing the comeback, like, yeah, coming back and then winning the game is like, it's, it's even more blissful, right? It's, it's even, it's even a, a better, better feeling uh, to have a victory that you, you wouldn't even expect and to, to uh, actually have a victory against, yeah, uh, a direct rival and, and to make such difference in terms of, of, of ranking and, and point difference. So, so yeah, I think it was, uh, a uh, very happy game for, for all the, the fans in San Francisco. Yeah, we, we cheered a lot and it was, uh, yeah, it was a very great time. So, um, indeed, yeah, not, I didn't expect as good. Uh, but again, yeah, I think we, we have to, uh, to get use of uh, Villas Boas magic to, to make things possible possible. Yeah, all right. And actually, you, I'll, I'll probably start from, from that point. Because Arno talked talk quite well about the, the point leading up to, to the Rangier penalty. Ben, starting from there, what was your mindset when 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 Roger missed, and and kind of how did you feel the team bounced back from that missed penalty? Because you see a lot of teams just drowning after that, and probably a lot of supporters like myself did kind of fall into like despair after the missed penalty. How did you? What did you make of the reaction from the Marseille players and showing their ability to come back like that? Well. Look, we've said it time and time again, and, and I think there's players in this team with with that that warrior spirit, like like Alvaro Gonzalez and, and Montalban, who are just composed, and they seem to be able to to rally everybody and, and sort of boost everyone. So I think what what we're seeing is is similar to what we had the season when we had the Europa League final run. We're just seeing a, a squad that's that's together, that's, that the solidarity. It's really really good. And it's, again, you know, we got the penalty. I mean, we conceded. We could have been 2-0 down at half-time, let's face it. Um, we Easy. got the penalty. Yeah, we got the penalty, came out of nowhere. It was Bunasara on the right. Yeah. You know, little, a little, a couple, goes past a couple of players, and suddenly we've got a penalty. And it's probably our first, I think it was one of the first times one of our players actually touched the ball in the box. But, yeah, it, it, to miss it, you just think my first reaction was why the fuck is Angier taking it? Yeah. Um, so, it, it, you well, think who, who would you have chosen? Benedetto. Have... Benedetto. He's a striker. He was a penalty taker at Boca. Um, yeah, but he, he was the penalty start? taker against Nantes, and and people destroyed him for taking the penalty. Then. Yeah, but no, it happens all the time, doesn't it? And. Payette, I destroyed Payet for giving it to him against Nantes, not not him for, for taking it because he's just arrived at the club, new striker. You, you want to you want to give him confidence, and I, I I can understand why. But you know you see other clubs like Manchester City, they they miss loads of penalties, and we're talking about players like Sterling, Mares, Aguero. <clears throat> it doesn't mean they're bad players, but it just means that they're still stepping up and taking those penalties and. I, I, I was just surprised that, that Rongier, it was given to Rongier, especially seeing as he was, he was having a very poor game. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't look like his head was in the game. He, just, he, he was, to be fair to Lille, Renato Sanchez was pressing high and he was all over him in the first half. So Rongier wasn't getting time on the ball. He wasn't able to have the influence he, he, he usually has in midfield. So he looked out of sorts. And, and, like all of you guys, I mean, we were in the bar and, and just everybody was, we just couldn't believe that he'd missed it and he'd taken it so poorly. And then to come back after that and score two goals is, is unreal. It's just unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably ask you because it personally, I, I feel that 
the the thing that jolted the team in, into hoping that somehow we could make a miracle because up to then we had zero shots on target two shots the whole game we were losing the possession battle losing the midfield battle and i don't i feel like even after the penalty i don't think that really woke us up i personally feel like avb putting on marley ake who came in and and seemed to just set fire to the left wing completely revived the team and i mean regardless of, of, of his contribution to both goals as soon as he came on he seemed like it seemed like the whole team was just saying i don't know why because he doesn't show any evidence that he can just carry a team but the whole team just started saying right let's start playing let's just give this give, give this game a chance and for the first time in probably two months marseille actually dominated the teams Yeah, I think I think it's AVB said it after the game that he had the plan, which was if we conceded, we'd make a slight tactical change. And the key, the key was that change because the minute we conceded, Sanson pushed a bit higher up, and he was a lot closer to Benedetto. And I I didn't think Sanson was actually capable of playing in that role, but he he just he he was brilliant in the second half because he was carrying the ball. He was very close to Benedetto, so they were able to combine and put some passes together. Um, and yeah, we decided to start playing football, but it was a key change, that adjustment to move him a bit higher up the pitch, completely destabilised Lille because they probably weren't expecting us to decide we're going to play football. They were probably thinking we're going to we're going to maybe put them under a little pressure, but based on what they'd seen for the first 65 minutes, I think we caught them completely by surprise. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to come back on the penalty kick, yeah, for me, I, I see at least four other players that could have taken it uh, before Rangier. Benedetto, Germain, obviously, even Sanson. Sanson is a great, yeah, he's, he's, he, he knows how to strike the ball. And even Camara, Camara has the composure to, to take it. And indeed, yeah, he was really poorly done, poorly executed from, from Rangier. I mean, you could exactly see where he was going to shoot. So it was like very easy for many to, to stop it. Um, but to come back also on your point that, yes, um, the turnback was less uh, from this uh, missing opportunity than from the entrance of Ake, I think it's a, it's a, it's a mix of both. And, and Jama said it also after, after the game that uh, it's it kind of woke, woke them up. And, uh, and maybe you could think that, yes, they, they wanted to um, almost save Rongier and, and, and it comes back to the team spirit and uh, the unity that you could see in, in this team and the, the solidarity and that yes, um, they would, if, if yes, they, they can't come back uh, uh, with one player, they, they, they would come back uh, uh, as a team. And, and for me, that this is a great, um, yeah, this, this is a great thing with this game is that uh, uh, for past few games, yeah, we, we won. Um, just like yeah, some something extraordinary from Payet, or maybe a totally unexpected goal from Strutman against Ren. Um, but we were always on the edge, and uh, and in this end of the game, it was um, actually pretty relaxed. And I mean, once we we scored the two the two goals, and and you could see yeah, the the fact that the team was uh, playing as a team, and that uh, that makes me feel confident that yes, even with our your, your two of your best players like Tobin and Payet, you could. Uh, do do so well, especially in terms of the yeah the the, the style of play and yeah. uh, and if you see the the the, the goal that uh, Benedetto is uh, is scoring at the end, uh, the construction of this uh, of this goal is is purely fantastic and, uh, and yeah that's uh, so that's why I think uh, uh, I'm even happier because this is not just for the points; it's the way they did it and uh, 
And yeah, for that, yeah, I'm very enthusiastic. Actually, yeah, I think you picked up a good point, and it links up with, with the links up with the next question that I was going to ask. Is you've mentioned, and I completely agree that that for the past few months, and we've banged on the table on this podcast, it's just you're scared of even though we haven't conceded many goals, you're scared of conceding a goal because you know that if you conceded to lose in the first minute in the velodrome, you have no idea how you're going to craft up a goal, and it always takes Payet with a wonder strike or, or Bunasar. This, this, I don't know, it's like getting a bit of brilliance to actually score the goal and win one nil. And like you said yesterday, Payet wasn't there. Obviously, Turban is not here, and it, it seemed like for for the for the most part of the game, we're completely clueless to what to do. But after we scored this first goal and then pushed him to score the second goal, yeah, it, it was it, it's you can't pick. It's probably why the, there's so much controversy about who's the man of the match because you you can't pick out one player who dominated it. It was completely collective effort that was capitalized in that second goal where, where there was it, this complete build-up straight from, from Mandanda, go on the on the right wing to then tr- transition to the left wing all the way back to the right wing and then put, put a low cross into Benedetto. That's, do you think, Ben, I'll probably go to you, Ben, because you haven't spoken in a few minutes. Do, do you think that this game, when you contrast between the first half and second half and then for the rest of the, the 2020, is this game proof that playing well can still be the winning formula in League One and you don't always have to resort for, to pragmatism and saying, leave the opposition the ball? Well, <clears throat> I, I think I think teams, you know, you, you have to play to your strengths and you, and you can only do, you can only work with what you've got and, and ADB has been doing very well with that. And again, it has to be said, his coaching Every time he brings on a substitution, it's usually decisive. He brought on Streetman against Ken, certainly not as a goal-scoring threat, but he got his goal. He brought on Akia last night and made this tactical adjustment in midfield that, that completely changed the shape of the game. So he, he just, I, I think that, fair play to him, he's capable of having those little pragmatic moments where he goes for it. Or he decides, right, you know, we're losing 1-0, we might as well make a change and if it pays off, it pays off. And if we lose 3-0, we lose 3-0. And, and on the contrary of many other coaches in this league, as, as you said, who just have a plan A. And if plan A doesn't work, then they're screwed. We, we seem to have a plan B. So fair play to AVB on that front. Um, and, you know, that, that sequence of play for the second goal is, is easily one of our, our highlights of the season in terms of collective you know the movements the runs the individual like the quality of the passing we are capable of doing that because we have the players that, that can do that but to, to be able to, to we're not going to be able to do it for 90 minutes we know that even with Payet we're going to struggle to put moves like that together but when we do put them together it pays off because we get a goal yeah and I, yeah I think to, to, to jump on that as well uh, I think the uh, why AVB is great is that is is a good mix or something in between uh, the Deschamps pl- pragmatism and uh, yeah the the pure style of Bielsa. Uh, he, he 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 doesn't play well for the sake of playing well. He plays well if he can lead to goal and when he has to defend, when he has to let the other team play like uh, he did uh, against Angers, he will do it that way. And so the first half was just mainly solid and still get some. Uh, attempt to score, but uh, again, he, he made it clear from the, before the game that, yeah, um, 
a nil would be okay for for him and so that's why i think it's great and he has he has a plan indeed that he explained that yes if they take the goal they will play differently different system it with other players and then yes he can give more opportunities in terms of yeah playing well but uh, but again it's uh, it's it's just a tool and uh, and then i think for for that yeah you have to give him the the credit to to have the right balance between um having something beautiful to see and something also efficient and and yeah it makes the the, the two work together very well mm-hmm. yeah um the next thing i want i'd like to talk about regarding the Lille game is because it was such a collective effort in the second half and and the there was there really like we said there really wasn't a standout 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 player in this game there's obviously there was obviously a, a lot of back and forth after the game between Marseille fans about who who was most respons- responsible for this massive miraculous turnaround um and so we we did a poll on on the chat on the the twitter page and it was we had four choices and it was still very even i think the person who came out on top was mandanda but probably 2 or 3% over mali ake but beyond those four choices we we start we had a lot of replies you know talking about sanson for example talking about kamara um i like to kind of get your guys's opinion on 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 who you thought was the the leading movement and the leading spark um kind of giving us three points tonight or last night yeah yeah again we you know we we criticize players on this pod rightfully so sometimes but again whenever we criticize a player heavily he he it goes on to have a good game the next game so for me is is jamo um statistically no 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 <laughs> well statistically defensively in the first half he was crucial because we were getting amavi was he's he's solid he was doing he was doing well on the right wing on the left wing but that's where many of the Lille attacks were coming from so Jamal was helpful because he he went low and he's he, he covers another ground he was helpful in the few times we were able to actually play out from the back and get the ball forward because he was there to provide a bit of an outlet no um, but then but then in the second half he gets a goal and an assist yeah so yes he's he probably wasn't the standout performer for the game in terms of consistency i think kamara was very solid and sosong when he was repositioned a bit higher was probably the highlight of the second half but you know you've got to give credit to jamal so he's come he's come back from from nowhere 20 games about scoring and he he's able to be he's carried by the sort of euphoria of the team and, and gets a goal and an assist and and his pass for benedetto is is fantastic so yeah it, it probably i'd give it for him just because I'm, i feel sorry for him a bit as well as as much as i i diss him but i i give it to him yeah no, i totally agree actually uh, i think yeah jamal for me is is a man of the match or at least the the second half for me the the first half is mondanda because he's as things keep us afloat and he saves us uh, but yeah second half uh, jamal made the difference yeah by his assist and his his goal first Uh, so yeah for me I would give it to Jama obviously all the defensive players were very solid like Kama Mavi Avao um and and yes uh Sanson was was fantastic and and taking the responsibility that indeed he he, he may less have with Payet and I was very very surprised by Ake but yeah the man of the match for me indeed is uh, is Jama yeah I, I am I'm shocked I mean <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll probably, I'll probably give you my, like, I mean, I can't believe this one. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I have to intervene here because no, I don't really give my, my kind of an extended opinion a lot on the podcast, but it's, I mean, obviously this game, there isn't, such, there wasn't such a dominating figure as for, I don't know, Marseille to lose with Payet or the Marseille to the Gen game with Payet again. However, I feel like Germain was just the right place the right time for those two goals and apart from those two chances even though they were key i feel like he was just a cog in that wheel that would inevitably score and apart from that he was just he was just for me he was abysmal as usual i mean he's not in his best position playing left wing but for me he just played shocking he, he couldn't hold the ball to save his life he, he provided no support when building up from the midfield and all he was useful for is what the commentators was banging on and banging on about is how good he is defensively I don't give a fuck how, how defensively he is good I, I do not care <laughs> how defensively good Jama is okay so moving on from that <laughs> I, I personally thought I think I would give the man of the match probably either to Mali Ake because I, I thought that the team was completely transfigured when he came on I don't know why I can't explain why he was like that but he looked so on it he looked like every time he touched the ball he was looking to push the ball forward he was looking to create something on the second goal he's the one that creates yeah. that goal I mean it's not yeah. German I mean German does crosses it in but but it's Ake that, that that's on that left wing that, that has the, the vision to, to dribble in towards the middle and then pull out this through ball to Jama, who's wide open. And maybe I think I, I wouldn't f- fight you, fight with you if if you said Mandanda was the man of the match. Because I mean, if it's 2 0 at half time, the game's over for sure. And he's he's made it a habit this season and he's done it again last night. He he just seems to pull out wonder saves to keep us at nil-nil, to keep us at one-nil. Um, and to just delay the inevitable of finally conceding against Ozyman, who scored a brilliant goal, but it was his fourth, fourth real chance. It could have been 3 0 at that point. Um, so I think I probably would have given it to, to Mandanda for the whole game. And if we're talking about Sparks, I probably would have given it to Ake. Yeah, to, to, to come back still again on this point, I think you're, you're kind of unfair to, to, to Germain. Obviously, even myself, I'm not a big fan and I've been complaining. Ooh, but, uh, yeah, no, but that's right. But the, 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 the thing is that, yeah, it, it was not for his defensive effort that we, we praise him today. It's because he was offensively decisive. And again, maybe he doesn't, he's not the best player in the world, but like striking a head kick, corner, first post, this way, I mean, for that, he's maybe one of the, the top world best. <laughs> like, and for that, you have to give him credit. I mean, and yes, still, he changes the, the game. Uh, so, so yeah, I think uh, you should not put too much uh, the, the charges of the previous game or all the, 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 the other things uh, on him and still give him the credit for the, for this one, yeah. Right, and I think the, 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 the last topic I'd like to talk about or kind of get your insight on before we move on to some of the news around the club is looking ahead at the, the, the end of the season because we've pretty much gone two-thirds of the season. If you'd asked any Marseille fans at the start of the season, none of the Marseille fans would have told you that we'd be in this position today. 11 points clear of Rennes, 12 points clear from, from Lille, and obviously, most importantly, 
18 points clear of Lyon, who are now sitting in the 11th spot. Um, and obviously their Champions League aspirations are starting to look bleaker by the week. I'd like to ask you a question. It is probably it is one of the, the, the standalone topics of today. It's do you think that the Champions League, even though there's 14 games left, even though there's nearly 38, 39 points to, to, to play for, do you think that the Champions League is all but secured? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it is. Um, I agree with you, and you're probably going to say the same thing, which is mathematically we would have to go on a terrible run yeah. to, to blow it now and I, I just don't see that happening even if we struggle to score defensively we're just too solid to, to lose games and I think we've, we've done enough of the hard work which is beating our rivals in these key games which were very fortunate results at Hen and, and at Lille last night Look, we've, we've done the job and we deserve it we've, we've played We've played ourselves into this position. I don't think. I think this is the biggest ever gap between second and, and third in Ligue 1 at this stage of the season. So, I, I think the only negative I can find is that we beating Rennes and, and, and Lille is, keeps Lyon's chances alive. But no, no, <laughs> not even. Yeah, they're, they're still far, like 18 points. Like we have yeah. 50 percent more points than Lyon, and indeed we are like two thirds of the championship. And so again, it's only one third remaining, and and indeed, yeah, the the team is solid. Now we'll play only one game a week, uh, so yeah, the, the players have the time to recover. So that's right. And and again, even against uh, Rennes, we have 25% more points than Rennes. And and again, for I, I like statistics, but again, it means that in the last third of the the Ligue 1, uh, at least Rennes has to to create the difference against us that we have created in two-thirds of the championship. It means like, indeed, yeah, we need to be catastrophic and then to be perfect. And none of these scenarios are, are probable uh, because, yeah, uh, one is, is scrambling. Uh, yeah, um, oh, maybe Monaco is, 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 is in a good trend, but all the other teams, yeah, they, they may lose uh, games and points. Um, and yes, indeed, we are, we are still solid. So even if we lose against uh, uh, Montpellier, Paris, uh, Lyon, and that we still win uh, or, 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 or yeah, not lose against uh, the other team, we would be still good enough. So I think yeah, it's uh, I, I, it would be totally unexpected that we we are not qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. And yeah, what if there's fourteen? There's what goes thirteen games left? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think six wins and it's in the bag. You reckon? Now, what if we started looking up? Because we are 10 yeah. points away from PSG. <laughs> There's 14 games left. We are playing PSG at home. PSG are known to, the, to once they, um, out, they go out of the Champions League, their players seem to relax and they do lose a lot of their final 8-10 games. Regardless of whether it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a close run or not. Because when, when Monaco won the league, PSG also crashed and burned towards the end of the season, even though everything was left to play for. Do you see a scenario where Marseille can continue their carpet magic carpet ride and actually upset the league win challenge? No. No, I did, yeah. I think that this is... Not even a percent, good. not even one percent. 
You won't let me dream yeah, of it? Maybe I would love to dream about that. But again, yes, that's the same also. Is that uh, uh, coming back to the difference versus PSG also in the, the same uh, last third, uh, especially at, the, at this for, for the level, even if they play with uh, the team B, it would be difficult. So, yeah, I, I don't want to yeah to pull myself into the direction, even if it's a great feeling at least to authorize yourself to ask the question. But uh, but yeah, I would not be um, too naive to 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 hope about it. Yeah, the, the gap's too big, and, and we've they've played. I think we're their only remaining big game um, with Lille, and we've still got to go to. We've got to play Monaco. We've got to play PSG. We've got to go to Lyon. We are going to drop more points than they are between now and the end of the season. If the gap was five points, yes, but no, nah, ten points impossible. It could easily, I mean, it could easily be five points. I mean, if you guys saw their game against Amiens, it, it was shocking, and I, I, I see they, yeah. they have a history for the past five years of, of the last ten games of the season. They don't give a fuck about those games. There's nothing left to play for for them when they inevitably get out of the Champions League, and they they always drop a lot, a lot of points regardless of who they're playing. It doesn't matter if they've only got Lille to play. They lose points against Montpellier. They lose points against Angers at the end of the season. I honestly think... For, well, from we, what... we win as well. We win as well. That's the problem. I don't know. I think it's unlikely, but I don't think the, 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 the point difference is so big that knowing PSG's track record in end of seasons, I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Mark my words. <laughs> it's not 10 points, it's 11 because they also have the goal difference that is much, much higher. So. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so I think we'll probably talk to you extensively about the Lille game and what's to come. I'd like to talk to you about a bit about kind of news around the surrounding club. And I'd probably like to zoom in on one player's performances at the moment. Um, and like I said at the start of the podcast, it is Valentin Rangier who, who before the game against Lille, um, his performances have been dropping massively. Um, a lot of people, including myself, have, have been giving him excuses, saying that he's been playing, he's been playing too many games, um, that he's playing every single game 90 minutes. Um, however, he was dropped for a full game during the midweek game, um, and he comes into the little game. If you don't think about his penalty miss. He was shocking in this game, I, I thought anyway. I thought he was shocking just as usual in this game. And then he comes up to the penalty spot and he misses it. And you can just see even before he shoots, his confidence is completely shot. Yeah. Do you think we should put him on the bench, not just for fitness issues, but for performance at this point? Yeah, you could give Lopez more opportunities in India. I think it's not a big, big deal. Uh... I mean, uh, yeah, obviously he's, he's not as amazing as he was at uh, the end of uh, 2019. Um, indeed, especially after his penalty, he, he, was, he was just a shadow. Um, and yes, I think he's, he's getting obsessed by his scoring goals, uh, uh, even if it's not actually his, his main job. Um, but yeah, eventually, yeah, you could give more opportunities to... Uh, to Lopez and yeah, uh, and, and 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 see how it goes. But yeah, I don't think it's it's too bad, and yeah, it's not as good. But I think yeah, uh, it could indeed uh, be substituted for Lopez. Yeah. Do you, how do you think? Yeah, how, yeah sorry, I'll, I'll stay with yeah. you on it for a second. How how do you how do you think 
he, I mean, because it's not just a one game thing. How do you think he can get up from this slump? Because it's been going on for a while now. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, it's a, just a period of, yeah, of phases. And uh, yeah, uh, it was in a great shape and a great moment for end of 2018. And now it's maybe in um, in a down moment. But yeah, it will come back. Um, I think it's just, yeah, you just need uh, another 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 vibe uh, with, with, with the game and yes uh, I, I think uh, it, will, it will come back and I don't doubt uh, about it yeah there's, there's I think there's loads of factors to consider and when we, when we had that great run in December end of November December we, we had a lot of home games so that certainly helps because at home we have a lot more of the ball and we, we, we've got a big pitch and we don't play narrow, we play quite expansive football at home, or at least we were at that period. Um, you factor in the games we've had since the turn of 2020, most of them have been away. They've Most of them have been very difficult games against Rennes, Lille, Bordeaux, Lyon, so, so, you know, places where we, we wouldn't expect to get a result or perform particularly well anyway. Um, and, and yeah, he, he's tired, he's jaded, but... The, the problem is, is Lopez is, is not very good this year, so I, I feel for ABB and for Roger because in this period where maybe if we had a bigger squad, he could be rested, he, he can't because Lopez just, just is completely unproductive. He's, he's pretty much useless, whether it's on the wing or in midfield, he can't do anything right at this moment. So I'll, I'll give Roger credit because he's not... He's burned out a little because he's he's had a lot of, of, of football to play. Um, you credit to the other teams as well because you can now see that other teams tactically and Lille, Lille were very good in the first half at choking him and, and keeping him isolated. But we know that teams in Liga, apart from PSG and maybe Lyon on their day and us, are, are incapable of sustaining that pressing for, for 90 minutes. And that's that's when we magic magically we came back into the game because they, they took their foot off the gas after scoring. So... There's just many factors that, that, that beyond him not being very good form, we, we've just had very difficult run of games. Mm-hmm. Well. But, but again, I think we could, yeah, beyond Lopez, we couldn't even give a uh, chance to Howie or to Shabwal. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I think, yeah, it, it, it could be also an opportunity to, to give a little bit of time to, to these players and, and see how it goes, yeah. Um, but again, yeah, I think uh, Roger will come back, so he, he won't be... Um, too big of a deal for mm-hmm. me yeah, we've, we've got three um, of our next five games are at home so I, I, I expect him to, to start finding form a bit more at home and we're playing Nantes as well so he could muster a bit yeah. of performance for his own club exactly yeah, yeah um, so he, the, the second kind of discussion point about, about the club that I'd like to talk to you about ties in with what Arno just said about Chabrol um, and giving some time, some more time to the to the young players. Having seen Ake's performance and Ake's m- multiple um, multiple chances to come on at the end of games and getting more and more game time, and now he's actually being quite successful at doing so. Where do you think this this leaves um, players like Lee Haji, who who have gone through the route of of, of saying you know? We need more assurances. We need more financial asset. Where do you think Lihaj's situation is, is going to go in light of what Ake is doing? This is such a pity for him. And, and again, yes, he, he had a unique opportunity uh, to play 
for his yeah for for Marseille for the the club of his uh, um, birthplace. Uh, and again at Marseille at the high level, like almost at the top of the league. Um, and yes, exposed by AVB and and he, he has such a great opportunity, like yeah, uh, Dovan being being out and. And yes, uh, it's almost the only position where there was actually doubts of where who, who could who could play. And indeed, totally screwed it up. And that's too bad for him. And also, in the perspective of next year, next year if we play the Champions League, we will have so many games. And so for sure, uh, we will have he, he would have opportunities. And yeah, also because Tovan, we we're not sure he will stay. Um, so that's such a, a, a disgrace. And again. Most of the young players apparently they don't make the the, the biggest check uh, on the on the first contract, but the second. Mm. Um, and, and yes, indeed, I, uh, I did post a tweet about that. Yeah, making see Liagi looking at uh, Ake, who maybe is less talented than him, and and making it big uh, against Lille, who, 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 who that could be his the next Liagi's club. Um, and being praised as the man of the match by FVB, etc. I mean, uh, if, uh, I hope it shocked him a little bit. So eventually, yeah, maybe he can come back to his decision and decide to sign a, a contract. Moreover, that the contract that he was uh, that he has been offered was uh, a decent one and uh, even 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 a good one. Um, so yeah, maybe he can come back on his decision and. And yeah, take a take a stance to 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 stay, and I think he, he will still have good opportunity, and the Marseille fans will um, not be too bad uh, uh, about it. But yeah, that's that's a shame for him, and I feel pity because indeed uh, uh, he's missing a great great opportunity. Yeah, he um he played for the reserves. I think I don't know if he scored. I think he did score, but he, yeah, he did score. And um, I think there was a highlight on a video on Twitter I saw where he, he goes past two players, sort of Messi-esque like, with a sort of double contact and gets through both of them. So the kid's talented, but to the opposite of Aki, who perhaps is less talented, Aki had a great start to the season in, in, in the reserves. Then he came into professional squad, he played, he was playing three, four minutes here and there. But he's kept his head down and he's grafted, he's worked to get to where he is today and he's put the effort in. And someone like Liagi, who probably is more naturally talented, it is it is it comes down to the mentality of the player, but also his you know, his his entourage, which is his parents yeah. and his agent, who are very poorly advising him to, to chase the money. And again, we, we, I think we debated this when it all kicked off and when it came out, the story came out that we've withdrawn the contract. So I thought, well, the fact is, he's still not signed anywhere else. So how badly do other clubs want him? Because if you're that talented and you're that confident in yourself, you, you would have made the decision by now. So I do, I, I think now, the more, the more this goes on, the, long, the, the higher the likelihood is that he just signs for Marseille and he stays at the club and he, he gets his head down and gives it a go. But if he leaves... Uh, it, it would be stupid of him to leave if we get Champions League because we're not going to be able to sign many players, even with Champions League many, and he will get chances to play perhaps in the Champions League next season. Do you? Um, I see a lot of of very very strong reactions about him. Um, obviously, we all know how social media can be. There's, there's a lot of insults and a lot of a very definitive conclusions drawn about him at the club. Do you think that if he does sign for Marseille, do you think 
Do you think there's a way for him to return, or is he going, always going to have that reputation? Marseille is one of those clubs, guys. We, we, we're, we're the first ones to do it. You know, I, I think we were all pissing over Amavi last season because he was poor, and now we're praising him because he's come back, he's put his head down, and he's put the work. Yeah, but that's because he's of his performances. Good. This is different. This is more of the respect for the club. Yeah, but what I'm, we, we all know, let's let's not kid ourselves. If Liagi signs a contract and then. I don't know. Let's imagine he scores two game, two goals in his first two games. Everybody's going to forget about it, aren't they? Yeah, I this agree. Is, uh, at Marseille, this is, Marseille, the, the, the wind changes very fast. You know, the fans. We lose one game after 17 games unbeaten in midweek, and everybody on social media is like just, just again <laughs> overreacting and blowing it out of proportion. You know, so we know how this club works. We know how quickly the opinion can change, and it's the, the onus is on him to change the opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And just to add about that, if you remember, at the beginning of the negotiation, uh, the fans were mostly uh, blaming on uh, Jacques Orero and Zubizarreta for not signing him. And then after, because it took so much time, they, they, the fans finally turned against uh, Lee Haji. So that's why, yeah, I totally agree that yeah, he can totally, the, the wind can swing the directions and yes, uh, it's still up to him. So there's still rumors that, uh, indeed, apparently, maybe he already had an agreement with Lee, even if he's, he, he cannot uh, officially sign yet. But just to, to a point about that, um, I'm not sure that yesterday he would have had more chances to play for Lille if he was on the other side that he had actually uh, for Marseille. Um, so that's why if you see a player like uh, Timothée Wea, yeah, he, he was not uh, starting in, you know. And um, so that's why I think... Uh, even for his, uh, the, the sport decision, if you add with the Champions League anything, it, even Marseille is a better sport decision for him for, for to have enough time to play. So, mm-hmm. Right, okay. And the last discussion point that, I mean, that I'd like to put forward after that, we can discuss if you guys got any news that you, or points that we haven't covered that you can talk about, is I'd like to introduce a little bit of a debate because, and I'm probably going to give my my point because it'll probably explain why um, I want to talk about this. Is there is a lot of trolling and deservedly so about Leon because Leon are playing shocking because Garcia is is completely drowning their performances. I mean, they look like they look like they're about to get relegated. How they're playing? There's there's no passion <laughs> whatsoever. However, the question I'm putting forward is. Is Lyon's season in a vacuum worse than Marseille's season? The reason why I'm saying this is, Le- I'm going to go through their pros, right? Because Lyon, they are 11th, but they're only seven points away from the podium, okay? And and, and seeing how the, how the French league goes, there's nobody that's going to pull away from that third spot until the 38th game of the season. They're all going to play very inconsistently. And so Lyon still have a chance of, of, of getting Champions League football. They're in the final of the Coupe de la Ligue. They're in the semi-final at home against PSG, which is the, the ideal fixture you want in a cup game um, in a semi-final of the Coupe de France. They are in the round of 16 in the Champions League, which is which is what Marseille are, are dreaming about for next season, that we can only dream about getting into that stage of the Champions League. So they've got everything to play for, in a sense. Not, they can't, they're not going to win the Champions League, but they've already achieved their goal in Champions League. 
they're, they're still in the run to get the podium in the French league. They're in the final of the of both in final of the Coupe de la Ligue and semi-final in a great position in the Coupe de France. I know performances have been bad for them, but when you look at Marseille's performances, they haven't been much better. We've dropped out of both cups pretty shockingly. We obviously don't have any European football. And I mean, what we're going to be in Champions League, which is great for our reputation and coming back to the standard, but long term, it could just be like a flash in the pan, just like Lille had last year. So for me, I don't think that Lyon's, Lyon's season is so dissimilar to ours and they could actually end up being more successful as early as next year. I, 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 I don't think that even Jean-Michel Olas would have been able to say everything you said. I'm good, Anna. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> I think, I don't know if you have some stock of Olympic Lyonnais or something, but I mean, I, all your points are the ones that, yeah, even Jean-Michel Olas would have said, but the last one, oh, finally, we are, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, Look worse than the Marseille season. Come on, it's like 18 point difference. Yeah, maybe he has in he, he could be in final against Paris if he's to lose a 4 0 against them or and the same for semi final and the same to be beaten up in Champions League. I mean, and again, even if you put your yourself in uh, uh, Lyon's shoes, I mean, they lost against Saint Etienne, right? So it's it, so I think it's the worst season in, in decades for, for, for Lyon. I mean. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful that they took uh, Rudy Garcia to have them about that. But uh, no, it's it, it's it's a non-debate for me. I mean, <laughs> they have a, obviously they, they have a more stable uh, club. Their economics are great, and uh, they will bounce back. It's not a question. And uh, next season they they can be uh, um, very good again. But uh, but yeah, for this season, if they are, they are screwing up, I mean, don't. Don't don't try to sell them. <laughs> no, but if you, yeah, I mean, but I'll let, I'll let you go for for it. But I just, I'm, I'm I'm not even talking about long term. I'm in a vacuum. They they could very easily or very potentially, very possibly win two national cups this season. We can be second, but I mean, in five years' time, no one cares about being on the podium. You care about cups. You care about history. You care about the thrill of of winning a national title. Being second to me doesn't matter that much in a vacuum. I think it's a difficult, it's a good point to raise because if you compare to our season last year, again with Rudy Garcia, so it's easy to draw parallels. <laughs> we, we were very poor, but we were a little bit unfortunate that teams ahead of us, the league was a bit of a higher standard, so all of the big teams apart from Monaco were were sort of holding their rank. Lille were on fire, Lyon were playing well, Saint-Étienne were up there, you even had a couple of other teams who were, even Rennes had a bit of a flurry. Um, so the, the, the sort of consistency of results for our rivals last year meant that we were out of the Champions League race already this time, by this time of the season. So they're, they're fortunate in a way that the standard of the league this year is pretty low where Monaco, Rennes and Lille can, can lose games after winning them. So they can go on a streak where they win two games or three games and then they lose two or three in a row or draw. So it, it it's not worse until they're definitely out of the Champions League race. But the minute they are, then it is worse because, yes, it's all well and good getting to Cup semi-finals, but you draw PSG, you're fucked. You know, you, the, especially the way the young were playing, if, if they were playing well or if there was a glimmer of, of sort of awakening or flair or something fine 
but there isn't. I don't see them winning any, any of the Cups. They're going to get battered by Juventus in the Champions League. I, I predict a Rudy Gasset special where they lose three or four minutes at home to Juventus. Uh, and and let, let's face it as well, you've, you've, you've got to admit they have been unlucky because they've had two injuries, very bad injuries, to, to their two, two of their key players who were the ones who were scoring the goals. I don't know. I, I, obviously, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be labelled as a as a Leon fan for some reason. I'm, I'm, it's just. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised at, at. Obviously, it is not. It is amazing to be able to to to, to comment on every single one of Olas's tweet and then take the piss out of him because he's completely rattled. But I remember that there was there was more than just me in the 2017 season when we went to. The, to the Europa League final and lost and I was saying I think I've had a much better season than Lyon who, who completely crashed out of, of, of Europa League crashed out of both cups and yes finished third And but but you don't remember that you know and it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that when you're third you, you, your economy boosts up and you're so much better because two years later we're in this position when it's completely switched around so if you'd asked me I would prefer winning both national cups, and I honestly think they could do that. Quote: They could do that very possibly. Um, then just being just another another team that finishes second and everybody forgets about two months later. I disagree, and again, yes, it's it's not so much about saving Lyon than uh, also um, not being fair enough about the great season that we are having. And still, for the economics of the the, the clubs and and the future to be able to attract players to retain players. Um, being in Champions League is decisive. Winning a Coupe de la Ligue that will not even exist next year, I mean, for me, it's, 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 it's useless. Um, so, so that's why, yeah, I think it's not only about selling Dior, it's still also, yeah, give credit to this great season. Again, um, yesterday, I enjoyed the game, even if we were losing, I was just, I, I, was, I was okay, I was not pissed off, and I think I, I didn't have this type of feeling in front of, of, of a Marseille game for, 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 for years, if not decades. I don't like just to be peaceful and just enjoy the game and, and knowing that the season is doing great no matter what. Um, so, so yeah, that's why I, I think I, I disagree uh, about that. But, um, but yeah, uh, I get your point. Yeah, again, silverware is important. But, you know, if they win a Coupe de la Ligue, and don't qualify for the Champions League next season and then fail to qualify again the season after, who cares that they won a cup, you know? Especially the yeah. de la Ligue. You, you want to win trophies when when it's a full season. You don't want to just fluke it, do you? And it's, it, it really would be a fluke if they won either of those trophies. And the probabilities are just so low because they're playing PSG who, who don't... Well, they lost to Rennes last year, but... Rennes is a much better team than Lyon, so uh, I, I, I think it will be a failure, even if they win a cup. Okay, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give up on this, but I, I'm still not as, as categorical as I've seen on, on basically every single every single Twitter post that I'm seeing on that. Um, so that, I mean, that's pretty much it on, on our agenda. Have you guys got any kind of points that you think we glossed over in terms of the Lil game, or any news that, that that you've heard this this week? No, just to come back about that, it's also part of the fun of being a fan. Is yes, to make fun of your rival. So if your rival is doing bad, it's also part of the the thing. So <laughs> that's why I don't get your your opponent trying to serve them up because even themselves they don't try to serve them their 
their, their own self. And uh, I think it's part of the fun, yeah, to make fun of Jean-Michel Olas and, and their situation. And they did the same against us, and now it's kind of a revenge taste, so it, it, it tastes uh, very sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's calmer and, and especially it's even sweeter because it's Rudy Gasser who yeah. completely sank us last season and he's tanking yeah. Lyon now. So it's <laughs> yeah. sweet, sweet, savoury. Absolutely. I think, I think the, only, the only topic that we had on the list was Tovan. That's the only oh, yeah, topic yeah, yeah. to discuss. All right, we've got a few more minutes to talk about Tovan. Um, I want to talk about Tovan because um, there's just been conflicting reports. I don't know how, how aware you guys are, are about the topic. Um, so obviously he's, he still had his mysterious injury and ongoing his his mysterious recovery. Um, but the thing I want to talk about is is his return because we had we've we've since had reports from his doctor and his doctor staff and his surgeon that, that said that he should return after the PSG again the, the Marseille PSG game, which is um, the the Easter break I believe so start of April that be his that, that his doctor is saying he should come back for. Which would obviously put him set him back another month ahead of the schedule. However, AVB and his staff how have kind of looked at him in training and looked at him in his recovery themselves, and they are trying to push for a return to the squad against Nîmes, which is at the end of March. What do you guys feel about about kind of speeding up? his return in spite of, of, of the medical expertise opinion, especially when we've got such a cushion in the league, what, what do you think should happen? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the role of a doctor is to be too cautious, it's better to be too cautious than too audacious for, for a doctor's opinion. Uh, so yeah, he has his, his point about that. And I think, yeah, yeah, Abibi is um, pushing for his return to be maybe before this uh, precautions, but uh, I think because of the situation uh, and he is not need need to save the season, they will not take too much risk. Uh, it's just that yes, they maybe uh, adapted uh, the agenda for 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 his return, um, and that yes, hopefully it would be uh, there earlier than the doctor would uh, expect. But uh, but I think yeah, they, they won't take too much risk. Uh, for, for him and even for himself, I mean, uh, if he want to maybe have a chance to um, be taken by uh, Deschamps for the Euro Cup, I mean, he has to to play some games. So I think even himself, he should be motivated to to, to come back earlier. Yeah, it's very difficult to analyse these situations when there's a clear disagreement between AVB and, and some of his staff and the actual medical professionals who whose job it is to. to advise on these things and uh, I mean you're a doctor Luca I mean you, you, you've probably got a, a, a very personal view on this one I mean it's it, it's at our risk and we have more to lose than we have to gain in my opinion by rushing him back so yes we have a cushion we don't need him if we needed him then yes fine rush him back play with injections painkillers whatever but I think I, I'm, I'm of the mind of let him take his time and he can judge when he's ready and it's beyond that, the whole mystery and, and lack of clarity around precisely what the injury actually is does not help because you can't actually, nobody can actually give an educated opinion apart from the people who operate on him and the player themselves. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, even then, I mean, this is why I really get angry when I see, again, most of Twitter, just, you know, 
every time there's a, there's a, there's a video on Depay's recovery, everyone's like, oh, Tuvan's still injured. I think there's, there's a lot of issues with that. The first issue is is we don't, it's very unclear as to, to what the cause of Tuvan's injury is or how long it's been going on for. Because if it's been going on like was firstly advertised that he'd been playing with this, this ankle for months, could be a lot of scarring and obviously his rehab would then therefore take a lot longer and th- th- what i found very scary about this this new report is is especially private surgeons you know that their reputation are are built on how fast and how durable their, their surgeries are right so if i hear this surgeon say that he's completely you know putting his foot down and saying he should not play before april it, 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 it goes against him because, I mean, it doesn't service him to, to bring Tovan or to like keep him off the, the football for, for another month for no reason. It must be because there's an obvious reason for it. And I don't understand why AVB and his staff are, are pushing for Tovan to come back. Yes, there's the Euro incentive for him, but we're not in any risk of... of of kind of like crumbling whatsoever we're not showing signs of it anyway and even if Tobin comes back in March how much use would he really be like he it would take another month for him to get back into shape and probably not be right until the end of the season so uh, uh, for me it's, it's, it's quite complicated it's quite a, a mystery that this news because I don't understand why AVB is pushing for this I think he's pushing for this because he OM has been told that the initial agenda would be mid-feb and then it's uh, end of Feb, and then it's uh, now March, and then maybe end of March, and so that's why it's just uh, try to okay, just cut the bullshit and okay, just uh, uh, pushing it more. And, and to, to your point, oh, what he has to gain to uh, hold him for another month, um, I think yeah, maybe he can help to consolidate or whatever. I don't know exactly the nature of his injury, but yeah, I think uh, if uh, injuries, if Tovan is, is going back on the pitch and get another injury at the same level, uh, yeah, this is where uh, the doctor will be blamed. So uh, I guess the more, the less games uh, Tovan plays before the end of the season, the, the more chances the doctor has to cover his own ass. So that, I think that's my way to see it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's pretty much, as part of the recovery anyway, and the rehab, he's, he's pretty much got to go through a, a full pre-season, hasn't he, in terms of strengthening, conditioning, cardio, um, add to that, he's just got a newborn baby as well. So yeah. yes, you know he's a millionaire. Great for him, but he's still got a newborn baby to deal with. Uh, it, it's uh, it, they will know, and he will know if there's any pain or whatsoever, because because it was an injury that, that isn't muscular. The risk of him relapsing is probably pretty low. And again, I'm just guessing here, but I would I would imagine it's not as high unless he goes over on it awkwardly or, or takes a bad hit on it. Um, so I think give him four weeks to get, get back up to, you know, physical condition where he's 100, well, 90% fit, ready to play. And it's at that moment and during those, this period where we are now, where he's, doing, he's, he's stepping up his rehab, that we can, that the staff and the player will make a call, won't they? At the end of the day, it's going to be his decision. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, thank you very much. Well, that wraps up all of our talking points and discussion points. We're well over the one-hour mark, so we'll probably cap this podcast here. The next podcast would probably be next Sunday, and um, because Marseille is playing Nantes on Saturday, hopefully continuing the unbeaten run at home. I mean, it, it, 
we should at least get a draw from this game. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on Sunday uh, evening and the podcast will probably be uploaded on Monday night as is the usual schedule now. Uh, but apart from that, thank you very much, both of you, for, for, for joining in. Um, <laughs> again, sorry about the, the, the software issue. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Take care.